This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on, Troll? Not much, man. Just, uh, you know, staying alive, working on the new house, body hurting. Um, but I do have to tell everybody, all of our loyal listeners, first of all, thank you for sticking with us in this somewhat of an off season for the Caps. We're still bringing all the great content to you, uh, just about hockey in general, the NHL and, you know, whatever the hell else we want because you came here uh, on your own will. So whatever. But DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, it's also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate. It has plenty of instructions for new bettors and nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to win. One or to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in con- contention. Bet one dollar, and if that team wins, you get one hundred dollars in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's right. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code THPN. Reap the benefits. Uh, must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. New Customers only, wager paid out, insight credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. DraftKings Sportsbook, THPN is the code. Thank us later. Thank us later. All right, Capstones, we have a great episode. We're going to be talking about the improbable Tampa Bay versus Montreal Stanley Cup final matchup. Who to thunk it? And we'll go through some league news um, and injury reports and just, you know, whatever else has hit the hit the streams that we're trying to trying to talk about. But uh, I'm thirsty, Paul. You want to pop some tabs? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Well, you know, <clears throat> speaking of uh, gambling, mm. what's up, Parker? Capstar fan. Um, imagine someone who put money at the beginning of the playoffs on Montreal to win the cup. Wow. What kind of payday they're drooling for right now. And I'm sure there were bets that for them to even make there. So right. someone I'm sure there are a few people who are getting a really nice payout right now just by the fact that they made it to the cup. Yeah, a couple Quebecois or Definitely looking forward to some winning poutine and I don't even know what what is a Canadian what's a French Canadian thing maple syrup. I think that's all of Canada, right? Yeah, I guess maple wine is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Probably probably Mix- celebrating with some maple flavored wine. Mixing Canada and French culture. Yeah. What is wine exclusively French, Polly? No, but I feel like that's like a thing. You know, French wine. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
I was going to say, like, baguettes. Yeah, baguettes. Croissants. <laughs> Listen. Oh God, we're going to get you, canceled. If you get fast food sandwiches anywhere, getting it on the croissant is always the best move. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Better than the bagels amazing. or the muffins, croissant. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, now that we've totally uh, alienated all of our French-Canadian listeners, if there are any, uh, we do have some bad news to start out. Uh, Tom Curvers, you know, assistant general manager of the Minnesota Wild, who played 11 seasons as a defenseman, died Monday. He was uh, he was 58, and he was diagnosed with lung cancer in January 2019, despite not being a smoker. Uh, Stanley Cup champion in 86 with Montreal. <clears throat> Sad. Yeah, definitely tough. Uh, Edzo must have known him because he was uh, pretty broken up on the last broadcast where when they announced it. Um, Rene Rober, as best known as the right wing for the Buffalo Sabres French Connection, uh, Robert. I'm sorry. Line of the 1970s died Tuesday after he had a heart attack in Florida last week. He was 72. Both, uh, you know, relatively young. Pretty tragic stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely uh, legendary stuff there with a uh, couple of Montrealers. It's, uh, it's crazy, man. Life's fragile. Yeah, maybe we uh, shouldn't have got into the Montreal talk first. Right. Well, yeah. it's okay. Because, uh, Caps fans, if you're still listening, uh, Montreal versus Tampa Bay is is the Stanley Cup final, if, you, if you've been living under a rock. Um Montreal won in six. Tampa Bay won in game seven. I thought that Barry Trotz and the Islanders were going to 100% take this, but instead they biffed it. And their only shorthanded goal of the season that you had said. Is that right, Pauly? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 75 games this season. One shorthanded goal, and it's what lost them game seven. And it was really a sloppy play. You know, yeah. a turnover. They had the puck in the corner. It basically popped down to Gord wide open in the slot, and he just uh, beat Varley glove side. Uh, wow. I mean, I really don't – that's not on Varley. That's on lazy puck movement. Yeah, so this was – they were trying to clear it, and the forecheck just got the best of them, basically. Well, so it was in the Islanders' zone, and the Islanders had control. Yeah, I mean, they had the puck below the face-off, below the hash marks. Oh, man. And – um, if I'm remembering the play correctly, there may have been someone forechecking, but there were two Islanders right there, and then the puck just popped right out to Gord. Wow. Brutal. And then I, I watched the condensed game. Yanni Gord had like three or four really good chances, so you know, if anyone was gonna get if anyone was gonna get the winner, he deserved it because he was buzzing out there. Yeah. Um and, and it's crazy that you know it seemed that the Islanders' goal scoring problems were long gone. They were they were buzzing, they were rolling, scoring goals left and right. <clears throat> but it seems that that was no longer the case in this last game when it mattered most. Uh, you know, I didn't get to watch the full game. We were actually at a beer league game, uh, experiencing our own defeat, if you want to call it that. God, uh, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, 
a crappy way to to go out for the Islanders. I was kind of I mean, I don't care about Tampa Bay. They finally won a cup. That's fine. They're back to back. Uh now I almost want Tampa Bay to win back to back just so I can say like they're the most recent back to back Stanley Cup champion, not the fucking yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins. Um but even if that happens, you know, I think there's asterisks on this cup at least and we've talked in depth how you don't think so but at the same time you know if they do go back to back which they were smart money at the beginning of the season they were smart money at the beginning of probably every season for the past five years uh to to win the cup from the get-go uh and throughout the whole season you know to have them kind of go to the finals win one and then go again it's unsurprising yeah i mean i feel like they've been building up to this for about a decade and if you look at a lot of the the cup the recent cup winners that's kind of been the case you know the the caps had to put their time in on disappointment um the penguins they they lost won a cup and then spent the next 10 years trying to get or seven eight years you know yeah these teams that play in the cup very rarely is it someone who makes a run solely just making a run. And if that's the case, it's a one and done like Dallas or Montreal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, well, who knows? Because here's the thing. Montreal has been on the come. We've talked about it. We, 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 okay. And so look, let's just get into the whole Bergevin thing. I, I thought this dude was. The steroids had gone to his head. I don't know what kind of supplements he's been using, but you, I mean, so many people have been just for three, four years now, you know, both Habs fans, writers, outside people who just have heard of these trades who follow hockey, you know, basically just shitting on, on Bergevin this whole time. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and does this. I mean, you look at last season and, you know, they come in and they look pretty good and then they make it into the playoffs being one of those kind of bubble teams that may not have been there uh, during a regular non-COVID affected season. Here, they're what the last, they, they lost more games than they won, I think. Uh, they're the last team to qualify, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, they're the very last team to qualify. I mean, they they're getting in on by the by the skin of their teeth, and um, you know they're going they're going deep. Last year they didn't get as far, but they looked good. You know, they looked they showed promise, and everybody was like, okay, maybe maybe this is the fluke. But to follow it up with this season and the way that they've been performing, and Cole Caulfield and Suzuki, and you know the the veterans they brought in, Stahl, um, Corey Perry. I mean, crazy, man. Dude's looking like a genius. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and, you know, who do you think is having a more exciting season right now? Cole Caulfield, who played in the NCAA tournament a couple months ago. Right. Or Eric Stahl, who spent the first half of the season with Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think Eric Stahl's having a better end of the season. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, but I'd say Cole Caulfield is just riding high, being that young, being able to come in and contribute. Uh, you know. It's Kale McCarr 
but a shot at the cup. Right, exactly. Um, so definitely, and on the positive note, Cole Caulfield, as PK Subban said on on ESPN, <laughs> um, or uh, uh, on the positive side. But as far as like Phoenix rising from the ashes, <laughs> from basically being in the worst team in the NHL to going to the Stanley Cup final, uh, talk about a one eighty turnaround from. Uh, from basically rags to riches for Eric. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know if agents are really involved in trades, but if they are, he better be given his agent a bonus. What do you mean you don't think agents are involved in trades? Agents are very involved in all trades, don't you think? I don't know. I thought it was just like GM to GM being like, we want this guy. And then they call the agent and be like, tell your guy. Well, I don't know. How, I don't know how it works. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to trades, probably, but, like, UFA status, I mean, well, agents are way, right? Obviously, obviously, yeah. Contract, yeah, but, like, a trade. Right. I don't know, I feel like... They're probably pretty hands-off, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, this is Montreal's first appearance since 1993, and we talked about it last week before Montreal had sealed the deal or punched the ticket, as you could say, to the Stanley Cup final, that... Montreal's like that team that like every 20 years after being so dominant for so long, you know, original six era through the seventies and eighties, just being absolute gong show wagons, uh, coming through and kind of falling, you know, for the, for the longest time when I was a kid, you know, back in the, the Patrick Waugh days after Patrick Waugh left the Canadians, it was basically the, the dark years and irrelevant until now, yeah. I mean, well, Carey Price. I mean, Carey Price isn't the only one keeping them relevant. Right? That's really the only thing that has ever made me pay attention to Montreal was Carey Price, PK Subban, and then I kept an eye on Weber because the trade was such a big deal. Right. Um, but yeah, it's basically just been Carey Price. Yeah, I'll add two two names to that, and that's Pacioretty. Yeah. And then Scott Gomez went there for yeah. a couple of years at the end of his career. Yeah. And I guess Scott Gomez has this new TV show. Have you seen it? Uh, I saw show? stuff about it, but I haven't yeah. watched it. It looks pretty interesting. It looks like a kind of cleaner cut chiclets type thing where he sits down with, with, uh, in a more legitimate setting, I guess you could say, not a podcast, you know, it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure it's probably not going to get as dirty as uh some of the chiclet stuff but kind of along that same same vein right yeah it'll probably be you know more of the tv friendly prank stories right exactly yeah not the we got drunk and fucking crashed a car or something i don't know yeah well if you <laughs> if you want to hear more about montreal and stanley cup talk i did a guest spot on sports stuff with jim and muff and that is dropping Tuesday. So um, they aren't real big hockey guys, and they brought me on to expose their listeners to some hockey talk. So I did that spot, and I referenced your segment about Montreal and the Islanders. Yeah. Um, talked about Montreal. Not, you know, basically everything we've talked about 
Yes. I repeated it. So if you want to hear it come again... Oh, uh, that's uh, such a great selling point for their yeah, podcast. Right. Great fucking job, Polly. <laughs> Jesus. I yeah. mean, you did the interview at my house at that studio, and I had to say, like, remember, Polly, plug the podcast. You didn't have to say that. Plug the podcast. Remember to, remember to say things about Caps Chirp. I plugged you, so I didn't even need it. That sounded terrible, but I appreciate the <laughs> plugging. I appreciate getting plugged every once in a while. Um, <clears throat> so game one is Monday, the day this drops on platforms. And, you know, it's in uh, every other day, sometimes three-day break. And last possible day, July 11th, if it goes the distance. Absolutely. And then so July 11th would be the the, the do or die, the uh, go, no-go date. And then 10 days later will be the expansion draft. And then seven days later will be unrestricted free agency or free agency opens up. So interesting stuff. Yeah. And the the actual draft is somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't even know. Yeah. Who cares about the actual draft? We're, we're more worried about free agency as Caps fans and uh, who's who we're going to be robbed of again in the uh, – Expansion draft. Now, oh, it's funny you say that. Mm-hmm. So, I just saw this post. I believe it was Beyond the Boards podcast Instagram. Uh-huh. And it was showing where draft picks would have been if it wasn't for a lottery. And Caps fans, we should be thanking the NHL for a lottery. Because Alex Ovechkin would have been Pittsburgh. Ugh. If it wasn't for a lottery, he would have been God. Brutal. We would have ended up with Malkin, I'm assuming. No. Well, I'm what? glad. I'm glad that well, I know. reality is. I'm different. glad. <laughs> um, another thing is McKinnon would have ended up in Florida. Imagine that team. Now. Yeah, but it would have taken till now to be relevant. Right. At least he's. You know, the Avs have been good for a couple years. He'd be. I don't know. Maybe he'd be gone by now. Could be. It'd be it's, like a Jack Eichel be. situation. Yeah, interesting. Um, <clears throat> all right. So Dominique Ducharme, he was he had COVID. He was on like COVID protocol for the last game, uh, with a uh, game six in Montreal, like the Montreal series. Uh, he said he expects to return um, game three of the final. Man, so having your bench boss out for two games, well, three total games, it's crazy. Um, yeah, they've had three head coaches this year because yeah. of the, the firing, right. rehiring, and then interim during COVID. Yeah. I completely forgot they fired Claude Julien. Crazy. That's got to suck. How how much does it suck to be <laughs> the coach that gets fired and then yeah. your team goes to the cup? Yeah, because, you know, like when when I feel like there's a little bit of ego there for anybody who's getting fired in anything – you're like, ah, oh, I hope these fucking this organization like takes a shit after I leave, right? Did this happen to Claude Julien in Pittsburgh? Claude Julien, you mean in Boston? Oh, I'm confusing him with Tarian. Tarian, and yes, it did. Yeah, yeah, they booted Michelle Tarian after he'd spent years building that team. Yeah, and and then Bilesma got him the cup. Yeah, because you know they quick pulled the trigger uh, on Tarian. Which because, is the hockey way. Right, because they, they were playing like shit the first 20 games or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, Tarion, you know, side note, Tarion was one of those 
kind of hard nosed coaches. I'm pretty sure Crosby was was like, "This is too hard. You can't be doing this to me." And then they were like, "Oh, Sid says you got to go. You got to go." All my coaches have been so nice to me before this. <laughs> I spent so many so many hours shooting at the dryer, and I didn't I didn't <laughs> I didn't do all that for this. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, so he's been tested positive on June 18th, so he'll be back. I guess uh, to to coach the end of the series, uh, right when it starts getting pr- pretty uh, intense, I'm sure. Luke Richardson has coached the Canadians for the past four games. So after one win, speaking in the future here, right? So Luke Richardson has been, been holding it down. You know, um, <clears throat> something I talked about on the guest spot was how interesting it is that normally Montreal and Tampa would be division rivals. And now they're seeing each other for the first time in the cup. Is that the first time in history, right? Well, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, it is. And crazy, like, when's the last time two division opponents ended up in the cup together? Yeah. I mean, it had to, if if anything, like, pre-90s. Oh, yeah. It would have been, like, back when Montreal was last dominant and, like, when they were winning four cups in a row. Can you imagine if, for whatever reason, they had redone the divisions to a point where, well, I guess it would have been like if Washington had played Carolina in the Cup. Right. Like, that'd be so weird. Yeah. A team you're used to seeing a bunch of times playing for the Cup. Right. Exactly. Uh, So, if anything, this is a... Uh, out the silver lining, I guess, of a global pandemic here was that we got to see some pretty interesting hockey matchups, folks. And, yeah. You know, in times like these, you kind of got to take the take the positive uh, with the overwhelming negative, just to stay sane. But uh, but yeah, I I think it's uh, to your point. Last season was the first time anything like that has kind of happened. I mean, the best of three playing round, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, the best of three, right? playing round or is it yeah. five? five I think it, it no, was five maybe it was best of five yeah it was best of five that has happened before like a five game uh, series and it was by seeding so like that type of stuff has happened before but this is you know new new news I'd say yeah mm. it is alright so that's your matchup I mean who do you uh, who do you got in this series man well I guess I'll stay consistent with my guest spot. Um, okay. I had said I will be very happy to be wrong. Yeah. Um, but I said lightning in six. One thing that holds me back a little bit is I guess it depends. Well, no, it doesn't hold me back because I don't think there will really be enough fans in Montreal to make much of a difference. Right, but you know, for Florida, they're they're packing it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did did you see the the ticket prices difference? Just real quick, side. No, dude. I just, I mean, this could be fake, but I saw a tweet. Four hundred something dollars, like around four hundred bucks, to see the game in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Forty four hundred Canadian to see it in Montreal. God. Whoa. Whoa. Um, <laughs> you have to really believe in the team. Oh yeah, I mean, phew. no normal people are going to go see that. Yeah, 
Uh, but what were you saying? Sorry. Well, I, so I, I guess um, my my bet, if you know, if I'm trying to be right, Tampa and six. Okay. But if you're trying to be right, which is what this is whole well, question yeah, is about, I'm not picking with my heart. Okay. I I really don't care if Tampa wins, but I would really like to see Montreal win. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drama around Tampa, Tampa Bay being like into the hundreds of millions in cap space yeah. and all this stuff, and circumventing the cap during the playoffs and yada yada yada, whatever you want to say. Uh, but you know, they still won the games. They're here. Um, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Uh, and I, I, I agree. I think smart money is again on Tampa Bay. But dude, I gotta go Habs and seven. I gotta go Habs and seven. All right. You know I love an underdog. Yeah. You know I love an underdog. I can't because I mean here and here's the reason. <clears throat> Carey Price, thirty-four years old, something like that, mid-thirties, approaching his mid-thirties, if not there already. Never been to a Cup final. You've got to think that this is an Ovechkin situation. Yeah. You get him to the final, he's going to play his fucking ass off. He's going to do everything and beyond to win this cup. Plus, you know, Tampa's not going to be as hungry. You've got Eric Stahl and Corey Perry, who have a taste 15 years ago. Right. Shea Weber, who's been waiting a career. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the league for, what, 10, 12 years. Right. Carey Price... You know, they've they've got some guys that it's either been a long time or they've never won it. And then the Lightning, like... Just won it. They're still kings. Yeah. They're still the kings of the NHL. Right. So, I think Montreal's going to come in with some, some uh, fire. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, again, Montreal is playing with house money at this point. <laughs> Probably for the past two, three rounds, honestly. Ever since they made the playoffs. Right. And I, but, and there's a lot of buzz around the veterans. If you really think about the, the team that Montreal has put out, it's, it's very, uh, it, it's got a good, a, that great mix of young talent that's performing in that, that, uh, the veteran situation there, right? The veteran presence. Right. And the, the, so I think that of the veteran core, the the biggest uh, factor is going to be Carey Price, as it. Gen- I mean, that's an easy pick. He's the goalie, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the mix of just if you look at all their young guys, like everybody who's under thirty, even, um, is just that. In aggregate, is I think what's going to draw. That's 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 the uh, that's the legs of the team. You know. The the goals, the leadership, the the maybe the timely goals and the timely save that may be the uh, and the things that stick out, the highlight reels, things like that. That may be what everybody focuses on, but the reason that the Habs are here is has been their young 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 players, yeah. and you know another player who has gotten a lot of. Uh, buzz around his devil demon eyes lately in his broken hand uh, is Jeff Petrie. This guy is an offensive performer for Montreal for a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, solid defenseman who doesn't get talked about ever. And he, you know, I'm sure he's been waiting in the wings just like, holy shit, when are we going to break through? And if this is the year, this is, you know, 
they are all about they're, they're going to need to empty the tank, and they think they will. So yeah, like I said, Montreal in seven, you got Tampa in six. Well, so both of our picks have a team winning on away ice. And that's what I, I got to thinking. It's so much more common for teams to win on away ice. Is it? At least recently. Yeah. I mean, I mean the Caps did. Caps the Caps did. closed out every series away. Both Penguin Cups were one away. Tampa, mm-hmm. it was neutral ice. Um, right. I'm not sure. I think... The Chicago uh, won in Philly. Yeah, I think the Blues won in Boston. Yeah, it's such a it's a weird. But we picked to be consistent with that. Yeah, interesting. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure. Like you said, how much of a difference is going to make? I think that I mean they're professionals at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that the crowd likes to think that they make a big difference, but well, Carl said they do. Yeah, that's true. That is true. When the crowd gets pumped up, I mean, but he said that it doesn't have to be your home crowd. I mean, the home crowd's great, but yeah. it doesn't have to be the home crowd that makes you. Right. You know, sometimes it's better to, I mean, Polly, when we went and went played Marshall, dude, I loved playing there yeah. because they always packed out standing room only. And I got, we got to like fight their children, <laughs> the people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it you was, know. you know, you pack like, 500 people into a stand room, standing room only barn. Right. And the game gets intense. The place is rocking. It yeah. doesn't matter who they're cheering for. The only time it sucks is when you get scored on. Right. But the rest of the game, the crowd's going. Yeah. It's almost like it didn't intimidate me. It was kind of just like, all right, this is, this is an atmosphere. I feel like a real hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, the the one time that uh i felt in in that in that barn i felt that we the, the crowd was against me hard was when i fought a guy and i had him on the ground and i fish hooked his eye I started pressing on his eye and he squirmed out of my headlock and got up before me and just started rabbit like just started like punching my head yeah. as i was trying to get up and the crowd just like lost it and i was like oh man i'm like i must be losing this fight or, yeah. <laughs> or at least at least appearing to lose this fight um yeah you deserve that yeah yeah i'm, I'm sure sure that was not a, <laughs> i mean you know fish hook somebody's eye yeah yeah he squirmed out real quick <laughs> anyways Lou Lamarillo of the New York Islanders was named the winner of the Jim Gregory General War General Manager of the Year award for the second straight season Okay. Um, I mean, how much of this do you think is like, at this point, like, when does Lou Lamarillo's name brand recognition, like, fade? You know, honestly, this should go to Montreal. Yeah. And Bergevin was up for this, but he didn't do it. And you know why? They voted this because they, the playoffs don't matter in this. Right. But, I mean, think about it. The, think about the low key, like, the moves that Bergevin has made. That were like kind of just weird offsets. This Nick Suzuki kid, you know, I had thought when this happened, I was like, they must see something big in Suzuki here. They must. They were Cause right. Because he was a no name at the point. And I was like, you know, me, he's like got an Asian last name. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. You know, I've never heard of this kid. But I was like, there's got to be something. That with, I forget what they gave up for him, but it was somebody big for this in this big trade with, with Las Vegas. Um, 
So, Patcheretti. You know, was it Patch's trade? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Then that, yeah, and they the return with Suzuki, yeah, and some picks. Interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I no, I I uh I think it should have gone to Bergman too. I mean, but then again, his team in the regular season did not perform like true the Islanders did. You know, who were top two team in the in the Mass Mutual East the entire season. Yeah, I mean, if see that's the thing though. Like, do they make them vote like right away? Um, I'm not sure. I have no idea how that works. Uh, I I think that mostly the awards are, you know, I don't. I think they should wrap up voting before the first round of the playoffs ends. So well, they, there is no playoff bias. I'm sure it's not like you have a you have a day to give it give us back. Right. You know, I'm sure that the because these are professional writers who vote on this and who are in the height of their their busy time of the season. It's like tax season. Right. <laughs> For accountants, yeah. So they probably are are given the names and given X amount of time to get votes in. So, you know, there's that. I again I don't put a lot of stock into this shit. The the awards, especially the subjective ones, you know, Art Ross the Richard, you know, those are, those are pretty, pretty big. Those are, are the heart, you know, okay, get that, like the MVP. Uh, the player voted on MVP, which I think is the Ted Lindsay. You know, that's a, that's a big one too for me. But as far as like the subjective writer voted ones, I like the stat based ones better. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's no argument. Right. Exactly. Might as well just, you won this because you were clearly <laughs> the right. best. Um, <clears throat> Gunnarsson, Carl Gunnarsson, who helped the St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup in 2019, announced his retirement from professional hockey Wednesday. A knee injury ended his season February 22nd. He had 52 points in 325 games. Patrice Bergeron won the Marc Messier Leadership Award for on and off ice contributions. No surprise there. Uh, you know, Bergeron is obviously one of the most quote unquote highest leadership guys, you know, the whole leadership thing. Uh again, that's <laughs> I mean this this is all reputation. Right. And and let me ask you this, Polly. As far as like captains and leaders and things that you've had in locker rooms that weren't the coach in your college or I mean your high in your cocky career, who did you really respect? Like were they were they players? Were they, I mean, were they staff? I mean, what was the, what was the, I, well, I'm sorry. What was the defining thing about them that made them good leaders? Was it that they were vocal or they just did it? They showed, showed the, the talent. Um, <clears throat> I really am not a fan of the cheerleader type captain. Um, and when I've been in captain positions, I didn't like that that was kind of expected of me. Right. Um, but I think what really makes a good captain is someone who he garners respect or she basically by their presence. There's just like there's people that you can feel it from. You yeah. Know? So like a player like me. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but you know, there's there's people that just kind of get that respect because of how they carry themselves, how they play the game, the stuff they they let go, the stuff that isn't a big deal. Um, but I guess someone who plays, you know, is always working hard and holds themselves accountable and stays out of dumb shit off the ice. Sure. You don't want a captain who's either bullying people in the locker room or just getting into regular trouble away from the team. Sure. And I, I think I should have referred, I probably, a better phrasing of my question, like, do you like the lead by example or lead by what you say and how how vocal you are? Lead by example. Yeah. I think, really, the, the best thing you can have in a captain, no matter how vocal they are or are not, is someone who is always busting their ass, and they don't have to be the best guy, but to be an effective player, and then just don't make themselves a hypocrite by slacking off. Sure. Um, No, I agree. Uh, I think, though, that the... and, And I think that it could be misconstrued as, like, is it the best player? Like, no. No. In fact, rarely it's the best player, I think, that makes the best captain. Because the best players don't have to work as hard, I feel. They do. You know, and oftentimes they do. But And that's what makes you a captain. You know, right. if you are the best and still outwork the rest of the team. Right. And I hate to give props to old Sid Crosby, but that kind of seems like his yeah. MO. Is I mean, that he works the hardest and... Yeah. You know, is is kind of like that silent leader type. Uh, but Patrice uh, Bergeron, I mean, I think that that nails every what everything you said perfectly describes him. Yeah. You know, he may not be the best player; he is a top player on that team, undoubtedly. But he contributes in so many ways. I'm not sure he has to say much anymore in the locker room. Uh, in that locker, right? I mean, he just kind of, no. you can just, I bet the players just can tell when he's pissed. And when he does speak, everybody every, listens. Everybody stops. Everybody oh, yeah. listens. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think, well, actually, I lost what I was going to say. Oh. But, um, yeah, I think that it's okay if you're a vocal leader, but it's absolutely not necessary. Right. Um, I mean, I've, I've been captain of quite a few teams, so I think it was a, a mix, and, and I don't know. Like I feel like I have those leadership capabilities or whatever, but I was definitely never the, the best player on the team, except maybe in lacrosse in college when our team. Well, that's hard to define because <laughs> the positions are pretty polarizing in lacrosse. That's true. That's true. Um, so, anyways... Interesting, interesting leadership award there. You know, leadership comes in so many different ways. Uh, I definitely think that it's a unique kind of niche that pe- that good leaders, quote leaders, quote unquote, get into their into their mind there, or how they get pigeonholed into it. Yeah, and I think for the this award, almost spe- or not specifically, but at the at the top is uh, a reputation thing they mm-hmm. the sports writers uh, 
like this is what people are always saying. Bergeron right. is that guy. Like, right. They don't have they don't. I mean, they they're as close to the locker room as you can get for as in a civilian standpoint, right? Without yeah. being a part of the team. And so, I mean, I feel like it's got to be a combination of two things. They ask each coach who their guy would be, and they're probably always going to say the captain. And then it's the reputation. I mean, like, you know, if if uh, a 25-year-old kid playing for Arizona is just like Bergeron, probably isn't getting a look because no one hears about him. Right. And he's not established yet. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we beat that one to death. The uh, There are injuries, though. Uh, one that you may have heard. Most recently, Alec Martinez played in the Stanley Cup playoffs with a broken foot. Uh, wow. He said it Saturday. He led the playoffs in blocks with the broken foot. 20 more. He had 72 blocks. 20 more than the next guy. I think that's what's most impressive. Other than, I mean, playing through a broken bone, that's that's tough. Right. But 20 blocks more than the next guy. Leading the league in blocks in the playoffs with a broken foot, the majority of those blocks are probably coming from the knee down. Oh, yeah. So he knows he's going to get it. And even if it doesn't hurt in the moment, it's going to, you know, those are going to start building up. Right. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's what people talk about when they talk about hockey tough. Yeah, and speaking of that, tune in Thursday for our Think Peace segments. I'm going to be talking about the injury um, kind of, uh, I mean, mythology around that's, hockey players. That's a good word. Thank you. Thank you. Just, I just pulled that out of thin air. Uh, the mythology around hockey players and being tough and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, there's some, some bullshit circulating around the internet about how, like, they shouldn't be celebrated for this. But we'll get into it on Thursday. Tune in for that. Uh, the last injury we have is Joel Armia is on the NHL uh, COVID-19 protocol, and he will not travel with the team Sunday. So that's a pretty big piece. Armia is a, a finisher. You know, he's a third-line guy. He's part of that third line with Stall and Perry. I think that that's going to be a little bit of a thing. Two games. That's a big deal. That could yeah. be half the series. And like Kuznetsov, this is the second time he's been in COVID protocol. Yeah, which, you know, is a little surprising – Happening up in Canada because apparently you know they're doing better than us, right? You know they're definitely much more stringent. Yeah. So crazy. Um, <clears throat> that sucks, man. That that really does suck. Um, oh, I didn't know we had a Washington wraparound. Yeah, we just got uh, a couple things. It's uh, we don't have to do the sound bite. Just okay. imagine right. my skates, the puck, <laughs> the post. <laughs> All right. So what? What's the what's the what's going on in DC? Well, former Cap Brooks Like has officially announced his retirement, even though the 38 year old hasn't played since 2018, and he finished with the Kings. Um, he has made news since he's not played. He and his, I think, now ex wife, yeah, um, Julianne Huff. So he's he stayed in the news even though he wasn't playing. They've had a couple different articles come out, um, but you know he's not a Stanley Cup winner. But he was with us through the the 
the frustrating years. Oh yeah, and I mean, what a what a what a beauty! We talked about him with Carl and about how he was such a healthy eater. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't eat the poutine for like a thousand dollars. Five grand, he said. Yeah. That the pot was up to. It's crazy. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there thinking like. I'd eat somebody's toenail for 500 Like, come on. <laughs> right. Uh, what's, up, what's up with Make-A-Wish here? Yeah, so Make-A-Wish Mid-Atlantic, they brought a synthetic rink to sit to six-year-old Dylan Wetzel's family home. And I saw the picture. It's so cool. You know, so in the, in the basement, I think it is, um, just that, uh, that fake ice yeah. you can skate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, she's from Kittiesville, Maryland, and she's been recovering from a kidney transplant, and she wasn't able to do anything hockey-related because due to her condition and the pandemic, wasn't safe. Right. The immune system's down, so you had to stay inside. Yeah. Uh, so Make-A-Wish Mid-Atlantic and War Road brought the rig to her, which I'm pretty sure that's TJ Oshie's thing. Yeah, yeah. Over Carl Walzner also shot shouted them out. Um, their dude, their gear looks awesome. Yeah, looks really cool. Like it, the way it. I mean, it's specifically tailored for hockey players. So like, it fits the pads. Makes sure that you're like, it's got like s- special fabric to make sure that your um, pads don't ride up or come down on the elbow pads and stuff. And it has like anti cut stuff. So if you like get a skate, if you get run over with a skate, you're not gonna get cut. Like on the wrist or anything. That's some like Tony Stark shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Iron Man. Yeah, for yeah. sure. The best yeah. part is that like it, it like folds over the elbow pad too. So like, like, like rolls back. Yeah. Yeah. To keep it all like tight, which I need because like all my pads are like a decade old. Yeah. And like, I have to tape them on with yeah, clear it'd be tape. Nice. That's, that's probably what they had in mind was yeah. some people don't have to tape it. Yeah. Right. But this is one of the coolest things I've seen. A synthetic yeah. rink in your house. I That's mean, so sick. Like, what a, you know, what a rec room, man cave it would be yeah, if, right. you know, just half of the room, you could just Lace get up. your stick out and start ripping pucks. Right. That's cool, man. So, uh. Yeah. And I got a, a little on this date. Okay. Um, and it is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. June 30th, 2018, and that was Capitals Fan Fest following the Cup. It was in Northern Virginia at the Kettler Isoplex, and that's where the non-season ticket holders got their chance to take pictures with the Cups with the Cup. They had such a nice turnout. They had to start taking pictures early. Some people were there at 10 p.m., 3 in the morning. Like, it just showed that uh, Caps Nation was hungry for this cup and they were ready to celebrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, good, Epi. I think that's enough for for today. Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. As always, if you would rate the podcast, five stars only. Five stars only. And check us out on Thursday when I will be discussing... Uh, the mythology around uh, <laughs> around ca- hockey players and their toughness. And, uh, Polly, what are you going to be talking about? I am going to be talking about LGBT plus athletes 
Um, we are wrapping up Pride Month, and there was just some recent big news in yeah. sports. So uh, I'm gonna, you know, take that and run with it. Absolutely. All right, Capstone. See you on Thursday. Thanks for tuning in. Until then, Hockey Troll, Poly Cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Pod Net on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.